0: Uh, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Anne-Marie in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg. Same time zone. Oh
1: wow. <laughs> Come on. Are
2: we I yes. feel like you're confused about these time changes. So no, we are in the same time zone.
0: We are.
2: <laughs> Here's to that.
0: Yes, good morning, Lisa. Oh, it's it's an exciting morning. It is. Uh wow. We are in the same area like Anne-Marie is very close.
2: I get to see <laughs> Anne-Marie next week.
0: I'm you jealous.
2: I'm so
1: excited. <laughs> not fair. I was closer to Anne-Marie than you were. How did you get to see her first? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I was That's in the same and could not find <laughs> mm-hmm. her. Now you get to see her first. <laughs>
2: I'll hug her for both of us.
1: Favor is not fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true. That That's true. Yes. Yes, 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 Anne-Marie. You can just talk to the Lordy about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, come to the conference, Pepper. <laughs> I'd love
1: to.
0: <laughs> so some bilocation miracles on the way.
2: <laughs> yes. Lord, hear our prayer.
0: Yes. All right. Oh, today we are talking about Metron. And this is this is a great subject to be talking about, especially with everything that we have we have been discussing over the past few weeks. It it really kind of all starts, you, you should be able to be seeing it tie all together and, and how these these topics are really interrelated. And and so we wanted to have a discussion discussion today about Metron. And and Angie. When we were talking before we came on brought up a great question about what is it unto what are all these things unto and so do you want to kick us off with that.
2: <laughs> here I thought I put it all on you
1: Not that <laughs> it is, I see you.
2: It is. oh my gosh well I think that first we have to point back to like the, the the title of the series that we're in is key holders and and we have to keep that in mind in everything that we're doing and not a one of us has this down. Not one of us is utilizing these keys that were handed over to us as the body to use to bind and loose, right? We, we don't, we don't really know how to use these, but if we never step in and try, if we don't practice it, we're not ever going to know how they work. And I think that that in our, our, our Christianese, we we get ourselves convinced that we have to have full knowledge of the thing before we actually step out and do the thing. And that's actually not true. So much of the kingdom is actually all of the kingdom is built on on, on faith, on, on our willingness to step out and do the things, even when we feel completely ill-equipped to do so. And so I've taken my own challenge in this over the last few days and I've been binding a whole lot of things just to see how it works. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm willing to at least put myself out there and be like, you know what? I need to at least practice before I can lead anybody anywhere in this. So what we know is true because Jesus said it is, is what is bound in heaven will be bound on earth. Like you have access to whatever it is that I'm doing. You have access to, to model that on the earth. And so we have to, like you, you so brilliantly open this up with is what is this unto? It's unto Christ. Everything that we're doing needs to be pointing back to Jesus, and if it's not, it's in our own works, it's in our own authority, and that's not going to take us very far.
0: No, it's not. It's not going to take us very far. And and in the the idea of metron, that that measurement that we've been given, we have to make sure that we're, we're not trying to look too far and, and reach too far outside of what God has given us to. To look at because then it starts to become unto our own egos and our own, uh, desire to be seen and, and be on the bigger platform or on the bigger stage. And, yeah. and, and that's just not going to take us anywhere. We, we lose focus of, of what is what's first. And that's Jesus. And, well, I mean,
2: yeah. Let's go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it gets really confusing when we start trying to figure out what's me, what's my ego, what's this, what's that. If we would just keep our eyes fixed, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have to be in limbo all the time.
0: That's right. That's absolutely right. Pepper?
1: If we just constantly remind ourselves, it's about dependency, you know, because when you get comfortable, when you finally, you know, it's like the Lord takes us through this process to finally get us comfortable in our shoes. And so then we finally get comfortable in our new shoes. And then we sometimes forget about the dependency, you know, the preparation with Holy spirit. It's like, Oh, I've done this a million times. I've got this. (laughs) And those are those times that Holy spirit says, Oh, you do, huh? Well, let's just shift it totally around. (laughs) I'm going to change your sermon, I'm going to change your topic, I'm going to change your thoughts, I'm going to change your plans, I'm going to change your location, I'm going to change everything. <laughs> so that you continue to realize it's about dependency. Yeah. And that you need that fresh manna from me every day. I don't care if you've been doing this a thousand years, you need fresh manna every day.
2: Yes. Amen. Dang. I need to get my hallelujah hanky and just bring it (laughs) because I always find myself needing this on, on Wednesday mornings. I I think that that is so good is like, where is our dependency? Are, Are we growing dependent on, on self knowledge and self understanding or are we truly falling into him over and over? And I love the idea of the fresh, Manna, are we consuming him daily? I can answer that honestly. Huh. <laughs> I have been, I, I feel like my life has been in a whirlwind since November. And mm-hmm. and I, I haven't quite figured out where my feet are yet. And um, that's not an excuse to not, you know, consume the Lord daily. It's just like my reality is I feel... Discombobulated, and, and and I don't particularly enjoy that feeling, and, and that definitely like pushes me further into needing to cling to him because I, I just I, I feel like I I can't touch down right now, and um and not in a a, a negative kind of way, but I, I think that that Metron has everything to do with this, like in his kindness. He holds us in the space over the land that he's preparing for us, which is fun to consider. Like, I don't actually have to do the groundwork. I just cling, right? I just cling to him. I just feast on him.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've been in much the same space, you know uh, you're, you're trying to touch down. I'm trying to lift off Uh, (laughs) the same thing though. And that dependency, uh, of, of needing that, that fresh, uh, uh manna every day. Yes, that is absolutely true. And, uh, we can't stress it enough. Uh, but sometimes it, it's, it's, uh, we don't make it the priority. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll prioritize all these other things over, over clinging to him, over running to him and, and seeking him first in whatever it is, whether it's, uh, um, Oh, I need answers for this. I need direction for that. Um, I need a healing, need a miracle, whatever it is. We try to, uh, uh find these other things before running to him first. And, um, that's just something we, we just need to change. And, and when we're, we're looking at Metron and, and the, the, the people that are in our sphere of influence, it's not just about how we're influencing the Metron, but how is the Metron influencing us? <laughs> And so it's it's a, uh, a choice we get to make. And uh, it's a question I, I found yesterday thinking about this topic. And it's, uh, are you a result of your environment or is your environment a result of you? And the question was framed in a manner that it should be answered that your environment is a result of you. But uh, that kind of stops short of of really examining the entire question. And, and knowing that we have a choice to make in how our environment shapes us. And we can't negate the fact that God is shaping us and bringing us through a maturation process in our environment, in, in whatever space it is that we're in. And, and we can't disregard that. And so, yes, uh, we are a, a result of our environment. We get to choose that result, though. We get to uh, allow it to influence us in, in in many different directions. And, um, and then we get to, in turn, uh, through that choice, through that decision, we have an opportunity to, to lead the environment and have the environment be a result of us. So um, it's, it's not necessarily a back and forth. It's kind of all uh, moving in the same direction. So uh, I think it's interesting to, to remember that, excuse me, we don't just influence our metron. We don't just have a sphere of influence where, where it's all uh, projected out. There is uh, influence coming back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It turns out my hallelujah hanky can also be waived as retreat and defeats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <I> see, <right?
2: laughs> my my metron is abusive. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it feels like. I mean, and I love what you're bringing into the conversation Vince, and, saying that, you know, if, if we are not allowing the Metron that he's bringing us into, to, to mold and shape us and we're going to miss out on so much of what's available to us, but my God, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you forsaken this? <laughs> I, I'm really not being as dramatic as it may seem. I mean, it has been, it, it, this has been rough. It's been rough waters. This Metron is unkind. However, what I can say is as much as I want to retreat from it, as much as I want to be like, you know what? You don't deserve me. And, and have that haughty attitude. Um, I know that it is producing something inside of me. There are things that are surfacing in me that have been lodged in hidden places in my heart that I didn't know were still there. And, and so I don't like it one bit. I don't, I don't enjoy having to face like, oh my gosh, I am capable of some really dark thinking (laughs) and, and honestly of, you know, even wanting revenge and, and, and seeking ways Or revenge. And I'm just, this is just a confession day with Angie. And, but I I mean, we have to be honest about these things too. It's like, is your, is your Metron kind to you right now? And what is it producing in you? And if we don't look at those things, then we are just pie in the sky people and, Mm -hmm. and unwilling to, to look at the reality. We have to be people who do have our heads in the clouds, right? but our feet have to be on the ground too or we are not going to affect the world with the kingdom. That's how it's going to advance is through us, our willingness to experience what's going on around me. Because honestly, my Metron right now is informing me of something. Have I really put my finger on it yet? Not exactly. I'm gathering intel as I go. I'm looking at things and I'm going, okay, this is different than I thought. And and ultimately for me, it's it's completely different than what I'm accustomed to. I'm accustomed to the masked part of humanity that shows up in their pristine,
1: <laughs> pristine
2: church, and and so really the reality that that it surrounds me right now is ultimately the unmasked society that we're all a part of, whether it's in the church or outside of the church.
0: Yeah, what what it's being. Produced, yeah. I hope that Hanky's clean. Yeah, that's a clean. I just
2: one. pulled it out of the Kleenex box. Uh,
0: talking about the the Metron uh, producing <clears throat> something in you right now, and, and and stirring something up, and and God is obviously touching something in that. the The great thing we get to ask when when this happens is is what's the opportunity here? Yeah. Because th- this, is, this is part of that shaping process we were just talking about. You have an opportunity to, to go in one of many different directions. And uh, the, the, the exciting part is in partnership with God, we get to decide. We get to decide which direction we're going to go. Yeah. And uh, so there's an opportunity there. And we need to ask the question, God, what is the opportunity that you are placing before me? In this scenario, in in whatever it is that's that's being uh, brought up, because uh, I will uh, uh, echo what Angie, what you were saying a minute ago about the the dark thoughts and the 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 revenge. Mine isn't necessarily revenge. I want justice, and it's a very uh, misunderstood or or mislabeled justice that I'm looking for. It's not really justice. It's, it's
2: revenge. It's revenge. <laughs>
0: I, I want to call it justice, but I, I know what it is. Yeah. So, uh, but that's not that's not the opportunity that I'm looking for in this, and and, and I know that's that is not where where I'm going. So, uh, the opportunity we have to continue to ask in, in all the scenarios that that come up or or any situation we find ourselves in, whatever God is calling you into, there's opportunity there. But we need to we need to ask the question, and then be willing to wait for an answer. Yeah. And, and like we talked about at the beginning, not trying to uh, fill in that entire answer under our own strength. He, he has given us a, a great uh, uh, mind to think with, you know, and, and if Holy Spirit's living inside of us, our, our thoughts can be his thoughts as well. And so uh, I, I don't want to discount that, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For sure.
2: Pepper.
1: Mm-hmm. I like the question. That, that, that how is the Metron influencing us? And I was thinking about you know, as we pour out from our Metron, we have to remember that not only are we pouring out, but we're drawing from that same well that we're pouring out of. Yeah. And so it's important to know when we need to put the bucket down and draw out and wait for the profit to come. <laughs> the prophet to come right. and give us the living water, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about sometimes when I'm in the kitchen, you know, you know, when you, when you're cooking a real cook, you kind of got to, sometimes I don't want to cook cause I don't feel like eating. I don't feel like tasting, but really a, a real cook has to taste. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then sometimes I want to taste too much, and so by the time the food's prepared, John will be like, "Well, you're not eating very much," <laughs> and I'd like to say, "Oh, I'm a delicate eater," but it's like, "Well, I kind of ate halfway," <laughs> so I'm kind of full
2: now. I <laughs> sampled, yeah,
1: but you know, I did a post for Kingdom Indivisible not long about talking about. Don't muzzle the ox that treads the corn, because while we're treading the corn and we're plowing the field and doing the work, we have to eat. In fact, we have the privilege. In fact, God said, you know, for the Levites, their inheritance is the Lord. And so the Levites, you know, were taken care of in a different way than the other than the tribes. But um, so we have to be cognizant of that that same well that we're pouring out of, um, you know, there's, there's people in countries that they don't have a Bible, you know? So you'd have to get up in the morning. You can't do this. (laughs) I need a word. Let me find what, you know, you've got to draw out of where God says, your word. Have I hidden in my heart? You know, I wrote the word on the tables of your heart. And so sometimes you can't get to your Bible. Sometimes you can't get to a video. It's like, okay, I got to draw, mm-hmm. I got to encourage myself in the Lord so that I have something to give out. Because, right. you know, there's times that you just have to give out and you feel about as spiritual as a dry piece of wood, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so um, it, it's like the gifts. Um, it's diversities of gifts, but they mm-hmm. all come from the same spirit. They mm-hmm. all comes from the same well, you know? so in our metron of giving out there has to be a flow coming back and forth too, where we're drawing out of that same river that same
2: well yeah that's so good Mm -hmm. so good it's good one of the one of the things that has definitely been on on my mind over the last couple of weeks i've been in matthew 10 through 17 for a few weeks now and and It's amazing the things that kind of like surface that you overlook, you know, when, especially in spaces of familiar scripture where you're just like, you know, kind of on autopilot. Yeah, I've read this before, but when you're really like, going over something and over something and over something, things start like surfacing and because scripture is so layered. And, and I love that about scripture that you can, you can almost dive in between the lines and, and gain revelation. But one of the things that, that I hadn't expected from it was, and this is what Jesus has just been saying to me over and over again. He's taking the line in Matthew 11, where he's, he's talking to people and he's like, What did you come out here to see concerning John the Baptist? He's like, you came out to the, what did you expect when you came out here? Did you expect, you know, someone who was weak, you know, a reed blowing in the wind? What did you come out here to see? And I can feel how emphatic his words are in that moment. And he's turning it on me and he's going, Angie, what have you come out here to see? Like he's wanting to know that we know what it is that we're expecting when we're coming to him and not just empty handed, not just empty minded, but that we have an expectation when we come to him, that we have the the right amount of regard and worth on our minds when we come to him what are we coming to him to see we are talking about living in an age of the king and 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 I love this conversation and I feel like we've been talking about it since the fall is a kingdom come Jesus brought the kingdom and we need to know what is it that we are coming to him to see and instead of feasting like we do on a regular basis, let's go with some expectancy. One of, one of the things that, that we've kind of lived by over the last couple of years is we tend to experience what we expect. And if we do not have a, a, a right regard concerning the Lord, we won't see him in his fullness. Mm-hmm. We will just see him in our own image. And this is a problem this is serious. If, if we want our Metron to be truly affected and transformed, we have to change what we believe about the Lord. We have to see him in a fuller way so that we can experience the transformation that, that he intends. And and another another part of scripture that has really captured me is in Acts when Paul starts talking about the same thing over and over and over again. And he's like, we're just preaching resurrection of the dead and it has struck me so hard and left me wounded honestly because i'm like what have we done what have we done with the gospel if 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 his ex- expectation of the lord was we preach we preach the resurrection of the dead that is our expectation that the dead come alive what doesn't happen under that umbrella? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, I want my Metron to be under that umbrella of we preach the resurrection of the dead. And I just think that we have watered our gospel down so, I mean, like it is so diluted where Mm -hmm. we show up, we gather together and and our, our influence is just about warm fuzzies. I, that's only raising goosebumps, you know, like let's be a people who are setting our expectation in loftier places. And we know what we are coming out to see.
0: Yeah. you you will have what your faith expects. Yeah. And if you just expect to raise goosebumps rather than uh, raising up disciples for Jesus, then there you have it. And, and with this, watering down of of the gospel we haven't been intentional about what our faith is expecting we have just kind of played loose with it and and just let intention be whatever it is let expectation just be whatever it is there's no intentionality there we haven't uh, uh sat and said okay This is, this is what it is, Holy Spirit, that you're, you're, you're laying open for us right now. Mm -hmm. And we are intentionally setting our, our faith's expectation to see this manifest. Yeah. And we have just, just let it go.
2: Yeah. Pepper, jump in.
1: You know, not only a watering down of the gospel, I think. In in many ways those of us in the church not I'm not speaking of the body of Christ church I'm speaking of the structure um we've not only watered down the gospel in some ways we've watered down the calls of what awesome responsibility we stand in and you know it, it especially in king james it will refer to the lord as great and terrible that doesn't mean he's a terrible person it means like you don't mess with me I'm great I'm terrible I'm awesome I'm fearful I'm you know and so to think that we stand in the shoes of the spirit of that kind of God that should reflect in our call that I mean I've been around people that they weren't even necessarily older in me than years but they were older in me in the spirit And I felt the fear of God on them. I wasn't afraid of them per se, Mm -hmm. but I felt that fear of the Mm -hmm. Lord that they carried in their call. And just to know that you have the awesomeness of that kind of responsibility that's been given into your hands. I mean, that's not to be taken lightly. And I think sometimes, we have come into this thinking because I was surprised years ago when I found out how many people are going into the ministry as a vocation, Mm -hmm. just like, you know, and I know if God calls me to be a nurse, it's an actual call. So I'm not uh, taking away from that. But when you're doing it for academia and it's not, and it's not a call to you, it's become so worldly because when you're in the world, what's the first, when you meet a stranger, what's the first thing they say? What do you do? Yeah. That's what we say to each other. What do you do? And, you know, depending, depending on what you say, you'll get a different response. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. Oh, I'm a janitor. I've, oh, do you enjoy that? <laughs> if we're honest, we all do that. It's like, wow, you are, where did you do your residency? When you tell somebody that, you know, I drive the garbage truck, they don't say, Well, what what garbage company do you work for? When you say I'm a homemaker, well, do you really enjoy that? You know, but if I'm a homemaker, I'm an administrator of my home. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something some things that I keep the wheels turning that my family can't do without me. And vice versa. And so I think when we turn the call of God. Into just a, a mere vocation of man, then it it, it loses its, its weight and its awesomeness. And, and you know, we should be awestruck that in our temples that God put these things mm-hmm. inside of us.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, and one of the things that the that, that Holy spirit was talking to me about on Sunday during worship was, um, was, you know, our, we're so, we're so tossed. And, and one day, you know, where we're capable of, of offering him worth and, and what he was breaking down. And I shared this on Sunday morning, even is that, you know, on Sunday, we're offering him up a Hosanna and we're tossing ourselves off before him, laying ourselves down before him, because we understand his worth in this moment. But then three days later, we're the ones with the crucify him in our mouths. And, and we have to stop that wishy-washiness. We have to stop that back and forth being tossed on these waves of doubt. We have to know that we know who it is that we're serving and why, no matter what it is that we're doing. You know, like you said, you know, whether whether it be, you know, cleaning the bathrooms or, you know, being the president of some big shot thing, right? It doesn't matter what it is like do we know who he is in those moments? And I think that it was um <clears throat> brother Lawrence who made such a big deal about practicing the presence of God and that he he learned more about the presence of God scrubbing floors than he <laughs> could have, you know, in some mm-hmm. you know elite position. Mm-hmm. And, and so we have to learn to take advantage of who God wants to be for us at any given moment. And, and that, that requires us to put an expectation on it also, because if, if I, if I am in the bathroom and I'm scrubbing toilets and I don't bring him into that, I'm just scrubbing toilets. But if I bring him into that, I'm not just scrubbing toilets. You know, that to- toilet becomes a portal and I get to experience <laughs> and encounter the Lord.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's real good. Uh, the I wanted to just bring back the dependency piece. If we are uh, shouting Hosanna on Sunday and we maintain dependency on him each and every day, that Hosanna remains and and we can keep the crucify him out of our out of our mouth. Right. And uh, if if we aren't dependent on him fully for for everything, then then we're going to be missing out. And we're going to wind up getting off track and we're going to be seeking revenge rather than uh, restoration and reconciliation.
2: Right. Well, and and I think that this goes, we have to, we have no choice here. We have to go and look at what it is that Jesus said. We know because we've talked about this and and it's in our Bibles. We know that praise establishes a space for him and his throne, right? We know this. This is just foundational truth for believers, that that's what happens when we offer up praise. But what did Jesus tell the people? When you clean the house, but you don't keep it clean, hordes come in to occupy that space. And that is what is happening when we become wishy-washy, when in one moment we're like, you are everything and everything in us is participating. I'm talking about full on. We are those people who are taking off our outer garments and throwing them before him because we understand his worth in that moment. And, and that is like cleaning the house. And then if, if just days later, we're in a space of like, Oh, whoa, is me defeat, you know, and, and we're diminishing the victory of the cross in those moments. We're wide open. As an invitation to squatters to come in and occupy our Metron. So we have to also know concerning Metron, what squatters have you allowed? You know, they're only there by permission because who has dominion? Right. Not them. No. Jesus took back the keys Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: gave them to us. So it's our job to kick them out. But when we're wishy-washy like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're victors, not victims. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. I, I think I like that. that when when we are are looking at Metron and and we talk about uh, our Metron shaping us and us shaping our Metron, we have to remember that this dependency on God, it isn't just unto our own individual growth. That individual growth is unto the body. It's unto the whole. Yeah. so as you you are are shaping your Metron, how are you attempting to shape them
2: yeah
0: and, and I think that that helps to um uh, think about your your responsibility in the whole thing mm-hmm. like if I am shaping others and they are shaping me, I want the very best from them, the yes. absolute best of what God has placed in them and is doing through them to be mm-hmm. shaping me mm-hmm. And and so I want to, in turn, bring the very best to shaping them, and, and so my dependency is unto that, is unto uh, um, the body, it's unto the whole of the kingdom.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I love what Anne marie is saying. Also, like, what are we doing with these keys? Are we using them, or have we just thrown them in the junk drawer? And and mm-hmm. I. I I, I, I'm not satisfied with the answer. <laughs> right. I know what we've done with the keys, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, we probably just need to get rid of the drunk drawer, drunk junk drawer altogether.
1: That drawer too. <laughs> that
2: too. Perhaps I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like we we need to be those janitors that had the key mm-hmm. ring on us. We have to have access to those keys at all times and and need to hear them jingling you know Mm -hmm. jesus let that be so yeah
1: well and i love the point you made about the house because if we are keepers of the house and keepers of the temple i was thinking about this uh yesterday have you ever thought about why you would think if there's a a structure a house and there are a lot of people in there of course you know there's maintenance But it's like, with all the people and all the hands, the structure of the house is preserved. But when you leave a house alone, you would think there's no people slamming the doors, and there's nobody tracking the rugs. But an empty house just dilapidates. I can't figure that out. How does that happen? You would think, if I just leave it alone and let it stay pristine, it will be preserved. And that's what happens to our gifts. We think, I'm just going to put them on a shelf and look at them, pull them out once in a while to preserve it. And like that house that's unoccupied, it dilapolates. And another thing about an unoccupied house, because houses are meant to be lived in, they're going to be filled with something. Yeah. So if Mm -hmm. I'm not letting the Holy Spirit, if I'm not being filled fill and being filled fill and being filled something's going to come in to that vacuous place yeah and like in matthew you know when the house has been emptied you can't just leave it empty because the spirit say oh there's an empty house let's go there and then this that's where the squatters come is from you know not keeping the house occupied but i have a scripture i think will fit real good with What we're saying, it's uh, Psalm 127, and uh, this is the Passion Translation. I do like this. I like it in King James as well, but it says, um, If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle in vain. And King James says, unless the Lord builds a house, they that labor, labor in vain. It is really senseless to work so hard, excuse me, from early morning till late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And sometimes, doesn't the enemy use that to keep us from our vocation? You don't Mm -hmm. have enough, or if you give out, you're going to deplete your own supply. Yes, (laughs) You know, but God just says, You know, I was thinking about how I've learned over the years to be resourceful. And some people think when they hear that, it means you're overly frugal or overly cheap. But it really doesn't. Really, resourcefulness is finding clever ways to deal with difficult challenges. Because you would say, well, you don't have to be resourceful because isn't God a God of abundance? Yes, he is. But when he fed the 5,000, he didn't have a Wonder Bread truck come in and deliver it. What's the miracle in that? (laughs) You know, he started from a resourceful place and he had a challenge there. No challenge to Jesus, but to us, you know, and he did that from a resourceful place because he knew how to take little and make much in the spirit.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, that's so good. I, I just, as you were talking about about the house again, and houses are made to be filled. I just, I felt like Holy Spirit was just like, you know, the thing is, is like, misused power attracts the demonic because mm. that's what they're after. They they only have access to. The, the false, the lies. And so misused power, when we are are misusing the power, the resource that is just given to us. I mean, you started it off like that, Pepper, talking about misusing the giftings. And so when we misuse the power that has been handed over to us, that becomes an attraction to the demonic. So when we are not using our giftings to bring worth to ascribe worth to the Lamb of God, then we become attractive to the demonic realm, and that's when that's when we become powerless or we feel powerless anyway because we've surrounded ourselves with the wrong entity, with the wrong system, and and they're they're pulling on us. So if you're in a space right now where you're feeling just zapped of of power and you're feeling Defeated, and you're feeling like, "Woe is me!" Like you just can't go on. Perhaps you've misused some power, and I really believe that because God is so generous and kind, it's just a matter of turning back around and fixing your eyes on Jesus. Lock eyes with Him, and and get your get your yourself right again, and understand where your expectation needs to be flowing from. Because when we misuse His power we will see the, we'll see the fault line. Basically we'll see all of the things go wrong and it'll begin to just kind of spiral. And we feel like it's a domino effect and nothing's going right. Everybody's against me, which is honestly praise, but you're enthroning the wrong entity. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Everything coming against me. And then we start to, to nitpick all the little things and, and, and just focus in and, and as you like to say, major in the minors and, yeah. and it's just, it just doesn't work. It's yeah. not going to work.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's shocking to me, the amount of people that actually function like that, where they do major in the minors. And, and I know why we do it. We do it because we feel powerless to control the things that actually need our attention. And so we nitpick in the minor things because it gives gives us a semblance of control. But honestly, that is also a misuse of power because we mm-hmm. are called as victors and we should not be afraid of the big things. We should be like David and we're like, what giant? Or like oh. <laughs> like uh, Joshua and Caleb. I don't see no giants, I just saw a giant fruit. So are we going to be those who can go in and see the fruit before we see the giants?
0: Yeah. So good. All right. Um, Any, any last thoughts, Pepper?
1: I was just thinking about uh, your description, Angie, and it just sounded like to me, like what we do when we operate out of the power of the soul. Yeah. And the soul does have a power and, it can be deceptive even for ourselves that uh, we'll think sometimes we're operating out of spirit power and it's soul power. Wow. And that's why we need the word of God to be that sharp two-edged sword that divides between the soul and spirit. Cause that's what it says in Hebrews, you know, the word of God, it's quick, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword able to divide between soul and spirit. And so there's sometimes that there's that close gray area that we need Holy Spirit to help us identify because we, we start living mm-hmm. in soul power rather than the power of the Spirit. That's good. Yeah, that is good.
0: Angie, any last thoughts? Those were last thoughts. <laughs> All right. Will you pray for us, please?
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right now, we just very mindfully turn away from the lesser things and and fix our eyes back on you. We've come to lock eyes with you, Savior. We've come to lock eyes with you, King. And we will not shy away from you because of your greatness, because of of your your terrifying ways. But we are those who are asking that you bring the fear of the Lord into our lives, that, that we would tremble at the thought of you, what a delight to tremble before the King! Oh my gosh, God, we, we love being yours. We love being your children. We love we love the opportunity to be close to you. We love that we get to feast at your table. Really, any any chance that that we get, and and God, right now we just bring all of our life, everything, all the trunks and the 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 whole the whole kit and caboodle before you right now. For, for your touch, for your authority, for your dominion to be over it. And the things that must go, must go. We agree with you right now. The things that need to diminish, be diminished in Jesus' name. And God, we just thank you that, that we have these keys, that you've given us permission to be key holders of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we will be those who powerfully advance your kingdom unashamedly, advance your kingdom. And we would be mindful of how we're using this power you've given us in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. I want to thank everyone for being a part of the conversation in the comments. We, we enjoy interacting with you and seeing your comments come through. So thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We will, uh, see you all again soon. And you'll be on Friday morning and, uh, we look forward to that. So have a great rest of your week.